Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome to episode 16, everyone. My name is David Reed of Dial the Gate. That's the name of my show. I need to mention the name of my show. Dial the Gate. Thank you so much uh, for joining. Did I say 16? Darren, did I say 16 or 17? I wasn't listening. Okay, that sounds about right. Episode 17, everyone. Darren Sumner is waiting in the wings, and he is the founder, owner, managing editor of GateWorld.net, who I am partnered with for this program. Thank you so much for joining me. I had Terrell Rothery on in the last um, uh, segment here. She was phenomenal, as Terrell always is, and we are going to um, definitely have her back in the future. But this is something that I've been wanting to do for a little while since we did the very first show, which was trivia, is to have Darren back for more trivia. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm trying to watch the live screen, the live stream on my other screen over here, and I'm I'm getting ads right now. So I have no <laughs> idea where we are in the show or what we look like. But I'm here. I'm here to play. I'm here to fight hard. So you're here to win. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll give it. We'll give it the old college, college try. try. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we had a number of trivia submissions for the month of October. And you, th- thank you, by the way, you built a script for GateWorld where people could use no mobile devices, but a desktop or a laptop computer or something like that to submit um, uh, trivia questions for me to give the guest, for the guest to, I guess, read back to me, I guess, is, is the proper phrasing of it. So those questions were wonderful. And I have a winner for the month of October. And that winner is Plachu. And I'm not sure exactly what um, Plachu... Yes, exactly. I'm not sure exactly what Plachu's uh, real name is. But I do have his or her email. And they are going to be winning the um, Stargate art back here. Those two that are on the wall back there. Yes. So it's uh, Thor's uh, Mothership listener from Thor's Chariots. And then... The one above that is Hathor's power station from Into the Fire. So congratulations Excellent. to Plachu. Congratulations, Plachu. Long time Gate World. Yes. Gate Worlder. Oh, you oh really? Oh, that's Glad fantastic. To yeah. All right. Are you ready for me to reveal the November art? Okay, this is for uh, people who submit trivia questions in the month yes. of November. Yes. We're gonna have another another trivia winner. Ken Let's Re- see the prizes. Ken Rebel. This is the concept art for the internal anatomy of the Stargate um, SG-1, of the SG-1 team from Tin Man. From Tin Man? Oh. Yes. That's what they look like on the inside. All mechanical. So, yeah. body x-ray of robots. Was this, remind me where this showed up on screen. Was this Dr. Fraser's scan? I don't know if this was used scan? on screen. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if it actually appeared, but this was designed to be her x-ray. So I love this art. This is so cool. So this is going to be going to a special fan. That's awesome. Along with one from Brent Heron. You'll recognize this one, Darren. It looks like a symbiote. Yep. Oh, this is from Osiris. Yes, this is Isis in Stasis. This is a canopic well, jar. Dead Isis. Stasis unit. Yes. So Brent Heron designed this for season four is the curse. And those two will be going in those frames tonight. And so the uh, person who submits the best trivia questions, um, a set of three for the month of November, will be getting these mailed to them anywhere in the world in December. Beautiful. So, yeah, you go to uh, dialthegate.com or gateworld.net slash dialthegate. And they will have, uh, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, I believe it says submit trivia questions. Is that right? Yep. So that's where that will be found. And that's been a lot of fun to watch you do trivia with a lot of the guests. It's It's been a better time than I thought it would. I wasn't sure if it was going to work out or not. But uh, yeah. Now, a word to, to anybody who wants to submit trivia to try and win the art this month, or just because you want to submit trivia for the show, um, uh, do your research. Make sure you have the right answer because David's not going to see these until they're asked live on the air. So make sure that you're actually giving the right answer yes. for the, the guest. And uh, to be fair, uh, some of these answers uh, were correct, but I misinterpreted them. So for like, for instance, the, the Freddy Krueger one with Joe Flanagan, it was correct but he, because he was talking about Nightwear on Elm Street. But then he mentions mm. Freddy Krueger. And I didn't remember that. And I thought that that was an incorrect, like, yeah. trivia question exactly. But it, 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 they, it, they were right, but they, they just brought that up next. So, you know what? I'm definitely not perfect yeah. by no Good. means. So. Well, we're going to see that today. <laughs> we're going to see how imperfect both you and I are. <laughs> I have uh, one other announcement. Uh, we, my menagerie behind me here uh, is getting an additional model and that model has finally arrived from hungary i'm not sure if you'll know what it is though i'm very intrigued oh what is that some sort of alien spaceship city spaceship city that's exactly right this is atlantis and it is a that's phenomenal a 3d print by Mr. Kevin Zabo, and he is Hungarian, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know this man uh, over the past um, few weeks, and this is a phenomenal piece. Wow, of that is cool. Yeah, so it's going to be... Did he say how many pieces go into it? He did not. I don't know. I mean, it's a 3D print, so a lot of it is like more or less a single piece. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an extraordinary and he spent so much time on this thing. It's clearly based on the, the later Atlantis design because Atlantis was never, unfortunately, consistent throughout the show. Rainmaker started off with the model in, um, season one. And then I'm not sure which visual effects house got a hold of it later. Yeah, and I, I don't know when the changes happened, but they did. They tweaked the model as they, as they went on and it eventually obviously as the show went on it it became more consistent 
but we've got this when folks come asking us for a, a, a map or schematics of Atlantis or of Daedalus or uh, anything along those lines, right? The CG models, um, they kind of don't exist or, or, or rather multiple versions of them exist. Right. Because it looked right. Atlantis looked different depending on which episode you look at. And that was one of the things that they, uh, they were aware of. Uh, by the time that Universe came along, everyone had the same Destiny asset. They made very clear, okay, this is going to be the star of the show. It needs to have um, a consistent look. And so they were, they definitely did that moving forward. But yeah, yeah, no. And they were also doing all their effects, all their effects, I think, in-house. For, for Universe? With Universe, weren't they? I, or were they farming pieces out? I don't know about Universe. I know Image Engine had a lot um, to do with uh, SG-1 and Atlantis. Image Engine eventually did the prawns in District 9. And before they had done that, they had done the replicators. The image engine did do the uh, the fish people, the uh, Nakai. Okay. So I'm pretty darn sure of that. So, but they they made it very clear later on in the show that uh, they needed to create a, a a consistent look for for Destiny. Yeah. So that get Mark Savella on the show and ask him. I have every intention of getting Mark on. Absolutely. Cool. And very speaking cool. of that, uh, we have a couple of questions pulled over from Terrell's uh, interview that were meant for me at the end of that episode, and I just wanted to bring them into this one. Teresa McAllister asked, um, what's up with David Nickel? Radix Zelenko is my favorite character in all three series. Will he be on the show? Yes. The answer is, I have spoken with David. Uh, I am going to, I was going to announce him for Wave 2. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to do so now. Uh, we've, uh, David, and, David and I have been in touch. Awesome human being. And yes, he will absolutely be a part of the show. So I can only I could only bring so many people announce so many people in the beginning and there are plenty more uh, to follow. So, yeah, and that's it, great. That's really good news. So wave two is early part of 2021. Yes, that is Excellent. the intent. Yeah, I bet we started this at the beginning of October. You and I, we, we did this big announcement of 30 guests for wave one. And I've been keeping the schedule on the dialthegate.com page and seeing our 30 people that we announced, they're, they're, the list is steadily shrinking. And, and but building these. at the bottom with images. Yeah, yeah. Filling up the archive of the live streams. You've done basically a season of television at this point. In many uh, respects, There's so much feels material, like so many hours that, that you've talked to these, these folks. And I just, I mean, I'm amazed. We're what, five weeks into this now? This is week and five, and we just crossed 5,000 subscribers. And you've just done a, a terrific job. So for everybody in the chat who's listening right now or watching us later on YouTube, thank you for all the work that you've done over the last five weeks. It's been a ton of fun it's, for my weekends. It's it's been it, it's been more work than I thought it would be. Uh, and I'm definitely going to be getting more help from people like Linda Gate Gabber and 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 Jen. Um, I am so thankful for the people for you. Who have helped to make this possible? I couldn't. I couldn't run the website. I couldn't do that. That's not enough time, you know. And it's been so wonderful to have you there. I can just send you a message at the last minute. Hey, I need an image swapped out yeah. or something like that. And you've been receptive and very patient. So thank you. And it really does take a village. It takes a lot of years uh, behind the scenes and in the chat uh, and wrangling talent. It takes a lot of people to do just a, a simple, straightforward YouTube show like this. It does indeed. And today also crossed another milestone. It was a secret unlockable one, though. 
and no one uh, uh, really knew about mm. this. So I had, from the beginning, I wanted to have more than just one unique hashtag for the show on YouTube. I wanted to have another hashtag that meant something to me and uh, to my personal experience in, in the series. And that uh, was hashtag turtle timeline. And I've been waiting <laughs> and waiting. Waiting for somebody to spot for it. For someone to spot it. Because it appears at, over the title on every Dial the Gate stream. Exactly right. And so Kyosho LP, what is the turtle timeline? Winner. Kyosho LP is going to be getting a prop replica from me. Uh, so Kyosho LP, please email me at cool. dialthegateshow at gmail.com. And I will be sending you a prop replica of a uh, ancient communication stone. So the, the, the answer to the question is, do what you is know the turtle the timeline? I do because I asked when the show first started. <laughs> <laughs> and so you reminded me I'd heard the term before, but I didn't remember a turtle-based timeline on the TV shows. Right. So it's it's an in joke. Some turtles involved. Right. So it's it's. An Where did in, you meet the turtles? It's an in joke from uh, uh, Jack's Pond. When we watch Stargate in the original timeline, there's no fish in Jack's Pond. Supposedly. He may have just been lying about that the entire time. Which I tend to believe. Just to throw people off. But maybe not. Um, and then he says definitively in season 8, there's no fish in my pond. I think he says it once more earlier on. And but then we see the fish jump. We see the fish jump out of the water and back into it. And he, and turns... he says, close enough. That's exactly right. Which is an homage to... The Simpsons. Right. Because they they do a time travel bit, I think in one of the Halloween episodes, and they come I back. I think it's to the one future. of the Treehouse, one of the early Treehouse of Horror and episodes. They, everyone has um, lizard tongues, and so yeah, this that, was the the Treehouse of Horror spot where uh, Homer accidentally goes back in time and uh, sits on a bug in the dinosaur era, and now he's skipping back and forth trying to fix it because he broke his timeline, and it's raining donuts in one of them. <laughs> oh God! So we went. Uh, when we were when we were filming dial, dialing home, Kieran and Jenny and I, who were all involved with MGM at the time for this for for the project, uh, went to uh, Jack's cabin, and the only thing we could find everywhere were turtles, all over the pond. And I I took pictures of these things. I, I need I need to post them because it was a beautiful area. And if you've never been, uh, the next uh, GateCon convention when we're all in person. Go to the uh, the the locations tour on Monday. Check it out because you will get a treat going to Jack's cabin. It's almost exactly what you think of it. We got to go inside the cabin and everything else for this for for footage mm-hmm. that that has been shot and MGM has, and I'm hoping that that they'll publish it on Stargate Command. But when we were there, there were turtles all over this pond, and there were fish in there, but we couldn't find any fish. We couldn't see any fish, and so that became the running gag. Uh, starting two years ago, that we are now in the um, turtle timeline, and that's and that's where that comes from. So very good. Now, when people say you know this this alternate timeline sucks or whatever, I just say this turtle timeline because we are in the turtle timeline. Yeah, we're now living in the turtle timeline. So spread the word. Absolutely, and so thank you, Kyosho, for finally asking that question, and uh, congratulations on the uh, prop uh, ancient communication stone. 
Uh, group says, uh, is there a due date for trivia questions and submissions, or can they be submitted at any time? Darren? A due date for, for trivia. For, for the particular contest, I guess you would want to draw a line, whether it's the last day of November. Yeah, so when, when or... they're in, uh, yeah, so when, when they're postmarked to me. Absolutely. So if you want these images, I need to be, I need to get the, the trivia in, in, in November. So you're doing monthly contests I am. and uh, you're looking for trivia submitted for this one in the month of November. And I believe that GateWorld server is on East Coast time. Yes. So if you email by 1159 PM on November 30th, Eastern time. Using the form. Be, using the form. It should be, it should be postmarked. Yes. And I mean, look, here's the thing. If it, it, it the form asks for three, the three answers uh, for three questions and three answers. If you can't think of three, it's fine. Just put null or something in each of the other boxes so that the computer knows that there's information in there. And I have Linda Fury, Gate Gabber. She's, uh, she's organizing the questions and she'd be happy to combine the easy, medium and hard ones that, that commit that come in singly or doubly instead of all three um, into other groups. So that's fine. So as long as we get your questions, that's the only thing that I really care about. Um, I think that that's what I have here. And I think it's now time for us to go ahead and play some trivia. You ready for trivia? I have been looking forward to this more than I'd care to admit, my friend. <laughs> Me too. To be perfectly you, honest with you. So I've been I've been scanning the uh the Stargate Omnipedia, <laughs> which has a nice little random page button that yes. I can skip around. Unfortunately, I know you wrote most of the Stargate Omnipedia. Most, but not all. At least a good years. chunk of it. So yeah, I've been updating it over the over the years since you stopped. But uh, you encouraged me to get a, a whiteboard or something to keep track of your score. So I have a whiteboard ready here. Is it flipped on screen or no? Zero? It works. There's a zero. Well, you don't have any points yet. I know, but blank works just fine. So, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna keep your score. It's my favorite co- color. It's blue. So I should have gotten green for mine. I'll have green next time. Is green still your favorite color? Green is my favorite color. Go. I'm getting high Good on memory. this thing, man. My my brain is just like going. Ugh. Yeah, I got to keep the cap on though. Yeah, no, I I don't know what it is. This thing is so strong, it doesn't even matter. All right, so who's going first? So we're doing, uh, just like you've been doing with our guests, you're, we're doing easy, medium, and hard questions, and they're scattered across all three series. At least I didn't choose anything from, from Stargate Origins, anything outside of yeah, I kept SG-1 Atlantis and SGU. Yes, the three, the three series as well. So I'll, I'll throw one to you. Here's an easy okay. question. I have two easy. I have four medium and four hard. That's just how Perfect. I designed it. Perfect. I copied you because oh. you told me that ahead of time. <laughs> okay. Easy. So let's start with easy. El numero uno. Darren, oh, Darren, why did yes, Colonel sir. Young suffocate Sergeant Riley to death in Aftermath? To break my heart, specifically, to oh. traumatize me. Hague Sutherland. Oh, I can't wait to have him on. <sighs> I hope he accepts. Oh, that'd be fabulous. You do need more SGU guests. I do. I'm trying to get them. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Uh, why did he? Why did Colonel Young have to suffocate Riley? Uh, the shuttle had crash-landed. Riley was trapped in the wreckage, and 
mortally wounded. So he was going to die anyway. And uh, they had to get the rest of the survivors back to Destiny before Destiny jumped away. Is that enough? Hey, I got a point. Here we go. I'm ahead. I don't... <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right. Put it right in right. front of your face next time. Right in front of my face? Yes. There we go. Well, then, Perfect. Well, I, now it's framed. Me. Exactly. So you can't see me. I can. I just have to switch to the wider shot. Question so. number one. Speaking of The Simpsons, as we were just speaking of The Simpsons. Okay. Simpsons star Dan Castellaneta guest starred in SG-1 Citizen Joe. That's not the question. That's too easy. Your question is, what did Joe Spencer do for a living? He was a barber. You got to give the people in the chat a second. I don't want them to win. That's correct. He was a barber. And uh, I'm going to offer you a bonus point right here. If you can tell me, what was the name of Joe Spencer's business? Wasn't it just Joe's Barbershop? I, the only thing that I can think of is Joe's Barbershop. Chat, can you help us out here? Anybody chat? in the chat know this? Oh, chat. chat. It's going to take a minute for them to... It's going to take around 20 seconds. So. Oh, they're a few seconds behind us. Yeah, they are. Let's okay, see. what's the name of Joe's business? Norman Yap says Barber. Summer says Barber. Arnie says correct. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's an eternity of anticipation. This is an almost live stream. Well, we'll see if anybody gets it. Yeah. Uh, Stylin' Joe. Stylin' Joe. the correct answer, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, there goes so there my we bonus. Go. There we go. All right. Perfect. You're on the board. <laughs> I am. Okay. You keep an eye on that for me. Or no, you know what? Uh, you know, John42 said Joe's Barber. So, Stylin' Joe. Carlos Takeshi. Stylin' Joe. And then Summer. Stylin' Joe. They're all going. Man. All right. There we go. They got it. Very good. Okay. Second easy question for you. When pleading one last time for his life, Ergo admitted to SG-1. That he wanted to experience the universe and do what? Ergo wanted to explore the universe and he wanted to eat pie. (laughs) Tom DeLuise. Oh, God. Prince of a man. Oh, King of comedy. Funniest episode of SG1. I love that episode. I swear, for my money, yeah, over. It's that in 200 Extreme, for me. Over 200 for me. Really? Ergo is the funniest thing that SG1 ever did for yeah. my money. And Terrell brought him up earlier, too. So it was, it was really wonderful. Numero dos. Okay, here's your second easy question. <laughs> this is from Stargate Universe. Okay. When Dr. Nicholas Rush requires surgery to remove an alien tracking device... Chloe uses the communication stones to swap bodies with a capable surgeon from Earth. Who does she swap bodies with? Is it Dr. Brightman? It is. Yeah! It's Dr. Brightman, played by Allison Down, who we had seen before previously yes. on Stargate SG-1. Yeah, she was between Frasier and um, uh, Lamb. And Lamb, yeah. yeah. There were there were a couple of pinch hitter doctors in season eight. That's before correct. Before they hired Lexa to play Carolyn Lamb. Yep. 
who, uh, for bonus points, who played the other temporary doctor in season eight? There was another temporary doctor in season eight? I'll give you a hint. He he's w- in Yeah, he wasn't a doctor Avatar. per se. He, Yeah, he's in Avatar, and he was also in Learning Curve. And I don't know the actor's name. I can't think of it. But yeah, he... You he, got the guy, though. Yeah, he was... Um, from Learning Curve. From Learning Curve. He was the, the leader of the um, the Urbanians. But you can't give it to me because I can't think of his character's name or the actor's name. Who is it? Uh, Andrew Airely is the actor. Andrew Airely. Do you know the character's name? Uh, Dr. Skip. I don't know the actor. That's the character's no. name. I don't know. Andrew Early. Let's look it up. Yeah, he was along. Dr. Carmichael. Carmichael. Okay. It says oh. Kalen, Dr. Carmichael, comma, Kalen. Kalen Carmichael, I guess. Yeah, so he was keeping a, uh, an eye on Teal'c's vitals in Avatar. That's Good right. actor. So. All right. We're entering medium territory. Okay. Things are going to start to get tougher now. Supposedly. They're not going to come quite so fast and furious. (laughs) Put it up one more time. All right. Darren, what was the original name of the ancient warship Orion from Inferno? The original name of the Orion, which was the ancient ship discovered in Inferno. Beneath Tyrannus. Well, in a hangar. The original name. I only know the original ancient name of one ancient ship, I think. And that was the Hippophoralcus. That's correct. That is medium. That's very medium. <laughs> it job. was hard for me to, to figure out um, medium or hard. It's like, which, which in terms of categorizing yeah. them, like, which... Yeah, me too. Which should this go into? I can give him a... A softball, or I can give him a hardball. Bonus. Especially when it's been a decade since I've seen some of these episodes. Yes. No, exactly. Bonus for you. Who was okay. Hipper for Alcus? Uh, I think it was an ancient general. That's correct. Wasn't he? Yeah. Good. All right. All right. I'm feeling good. Ooh, did I get a bonus point in there? Yeah. That was the bonus right. point. He was a general. That's what I was looking for. All right. A uh, medium question for David. In season seven's Grace, Samantha Carter finds herself alone on board Prometheus, which you'll remember was stranded in this gas cloud. Where was Prometheus traveling to when it was waylaid? Um, Earth. That's correct. <laughs> My God! <laughs> I was like, I'm trying okay, to trip wait you a up. second here. They're not. Prometheus was either traveling toward Earth or toward Atlantis at that point. It was like season seven. Man, you didn't fall for it. I was trying. I to trip almost you up. did. That's good. Uh, for uh, bonus points. Okay. Where was it traveling from? Um. It had. Been dead in space over the planet in Memento. And that planet was called. Was it? Did it land on the ground? It landed on the ground. Was it Tigria? Bingo. You're kidding. Am I right? Excellent. 
Look at that recall. That was a shot in the dark. All right, post them. All right. To Gria, and you're all caught up. All right. We're, we, I swear to God, we are not pulling a Charles Van Doren. Wait, this is, this is absolutely... I've never heard his. He's Good not heard quiz mine. show reference. Yes, exactly. Good movie, too. Mm-hmm. So. Why did right. Jack O'Neill originally fail the Zatark detector test? Why did he originally fail the Zatark test in Divide and Conquer? Divide and Conquer. Um, oh, well, it's kind of an advanced lie detector test with a little bit of Blade Runner thrown in there. He he failed it because he was not being entirely truthful. He was not telling the whole truth, which is that the piece that he was leaving out was that he didn't want to leave Anubis's ship because... Not Anubis's. Wasn't it Anubis's? No, not Anubis. Nope. Apophis's new yeah. super, super, it's not a Hatak, his new super mothership that he was building. Uh, because Sam was stuck inside. He left that out. There we go. That's it. Oh, that was a long answer. No, and that's we got what I'm eventually. looking for. Yeah, so very good. good. Um, Keep giving me questions about plot from like seasons three, four, <laughs> and five. I, I didn't want to just have, you know, proper nouns as answers. I wanted to, yeah, to break yeah. it up a little bit. The other thing. Well, after we did this last time, I I'm uh, I tried to stay away from too many proper nouns to throw at you. Absolutely. The, the thing that frustrates me about that episode is they shouldn't have succeeded in blowing it up. Because just a few episodes later, he shows up with a brand new mothership anyway. So, That's true. So I guess he was. A little was bit later in season four. Building doubles. Was not exactly set back by that mission. Mm-mm, no. And the same thing, you know, that occasionally happened on the show. It's like Anubis in, at the beginning of season eight in lockdown. They should have just let him get away. He shows up later, and that's never explained. So Yeah, how he, he got not out have of easily out gotten of off the, that frozen, frozen colonel. It would not have been easy. Yeah. I don't know Anubis. how he did it. He, he would have had to get out and figure out, how, presumably, how to dial the Stargate yeah. without we, a body. We later found out that he had you know a connection to the some level of of a of a higher plane so maybe that's how he did it so they just jumped over somehow do you have another one for me okay here we go okay speaking of the planet tagria oh boy these are these are connected oh okay I'm speaking of tagria six which old used to rule there before the planet's resources ran dry As SG-1 starts to explore the planet and talk with the Tigrians, they learn that they used to be under the control yeah. of a particular Goa'uld, who, of course, they refer to as their their god, right? The old god. Was it Harrower? It was Harrower, correct. Uh. <laughs> okay. Harrower abandoned Tigria when their resources ran out. He did. Yeah. All right. You're up to a solid five. Sweet. Okay. These are going to get harder. It better. In Twin Destinies, one David Telford wound up back on Earth. What was the fate of the other? Was that the end of the question? What was his fate? 
This is very funny because as I was writing these trivia questions last night, I'm thinking you and I are inside each other's heads so much. Way too much. That uh, one of these days we're just going to come up with the same trivia question. You're kidding but me. I didn't, I didn't come up with this one. I do have something. Let's see. Did it make it into the list? I do have something from this that's relevant a little bit later on. I'm not surprised. Um, uh, what happened to the, the Colonel Telford who didn't make it back to earth? Uh, he was killed. He was, uh, he got into a, a struggle with Rush and was electric. There we go. On board the, uh, the, the destiny that was falling. Destiny into prime or destiny. Not, I think it's destiny prime. I would, I would think it would be destiny prime. Anyway, I guess yes. be the first one. Yeah, that's correct. Electrocution, Ooh. accidental electrocution. All right. Very good. Give it to me, baby. When the Atlantis team catches up with Michael near the end of season three in the episode Vengeance, okay. they discover that he's gone and wiped out one of our allies. Yes. Who did Michael experiment on in that early phase of developing his hybrids? We've already mentioned them. But I want to give a little bit of a gap for those who are following along give to moment. answer. And they've I know had, the chat's going to get this one. I suspect so. Well, I mean, probably. I mean, if they've got Style and Joe, it's the answer is the the Terranians. Clearly, the smart people are attracted to the live stream of trivia. Yes, absolutely. They're going to get all these. We have 115 concurrent viewers. That's ridiculous. Excellent. I'm having fun. We yeah. more than doubled the last time that we did this. <laughs> I know exactly. So we're looking up. Yeah, the Terranians. Terranians is correct. Yeah, that's the the. Species from uh, from Inferno. Inferno. That's exactly right. You know what? We're going to have to have a third person on if we do this again. I have to have one of the moderators or something. Show them. I smudged your sixth point. I'll wait. So I'm going to redo it. There we go. All right. This is what I love about about what the Stargate writers did is you're watching Vengeance, right? And if you're not as invested in the mythology of the show, it's just, uh, oh, it's the Terranians. Right. Exactly. Pops and that's, right that's fine. You're not going to miss a beat as a new viewer, but it rewards the, the longtime viewers with that, right? That, we spent an entire episode with that people and they just got exterminated. I know. Brandy Ledford died off screen. I, I, yeah. I cried a little bit yeah. on the inside anyway. Yeah. I love her. The Conclusion. Of SG-1's Family Ties features the beginnings of reconciliation for which characters? Oh, I thought this was going to be a question about the last scene. No. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's overdone. Vagina, uh, vagina, uh, vagina. The beginnings of... Okay, if nobody has context, this is the suddenly become the weirdest stream ever. <laughs> You definitely need okay, to be the, in the know. At the end of the episode, yeah, Tilt goes, uh, he's got free tickets to go and watch uh, what... Virginia Dialogue uh, What's show. called the Virginia Dialogues. <laughs> I heard it's really good. <laughs> Fred Willard. Yes. Uh, okay, but the actual question is which two characters begin a reconciliation? Yes. Uh, I think it's Vala and her father, Jacek. No. Who else? 
They begin our reconciliation. They do, but who else? They do. Uh, if who you else? get it, if you get it, I'll give it to you. Okay, there's another reconciliation. There's another reconciliation. It is, after all, called Family Ties. It's Family Ties. There's a B plot. Yeah, these, these episodes a, normally have. There might even be a C plot in that one. Um, the other reconciliation is is going to be between General Landry and his estranged wife, Kim. There we go. <laughs> I wanted a name. All I right, wish we, got we saw more of that of those. That's Carolyn's brothers. mother. Carolyn's mom. I think Good. she's supposed to be Vietnamese. So, Good. Yeah, because he was a Vietnam veteran. All right, sir. Phew. I feel like I just barely escaped <laughs> falling behind in that one. Uh, where are we at here? This is my last medium question. Oh, yep. Which two system lords once formed an alliance against their fellow Goa'uld Sobek, feigning a treaty with him only to decapitate him during the celebratory feast? Those dang Goa'uld. I know it. I'm just waiting. Gotta get both names here. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. It was season five. It was Summit. Summit Last Stand was my f- favorite set of episodes forever until like season seven came along. The answer is, and I, I really wish we had seen these two again. I think yeah. I think having episodes with the two of them would have been fantastic. They got mentioned. Yes, I think maybe yes, one they did each, one yep. more time. Yeah, that, that that was at least the nice thing about that was that they the show provided context. The answers are Bostet and Kali the Destroyer. Correct. Very good. Two of those really cool, uh, uh, really well-designed system lords that are introduced in the summit. Yeah. Otherwise Who known we as... we never saw again. Summit was... Uh, Daniel also called it what? Uh, Gould Mardi Gras. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for a hard one? Okay. I have hard ones. Are we both seven for seven? Yeah. That's Six why we held it up. Point? Yeah, that's right. Oh, were you, were okay. you watching? Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to uh, write some harder ones next time. I, uh, well, we haven't gotten to the hard ones yet. So okay. I really hope that <laughs> this is maybe all one about of us to fall apart. Trounces the other. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's not, not hold our breath. <clears throat> and they're hard. So, all right. Nicholas Rush. I'm ready. Was a college professor at which university? <laughs> Bonus point for which university he worked with? Dr. Andrew Covell. Oh, jeepers. Played by French Stewart. I was, I was looking over this episode last night because I was thinking about writing a, a question from it. And so I'm sure my eyes skimmed over the name of it last night. I didn't pick up on it. Um, Rush. So technically you can name either of these and I'll give them to you. Well, so presumably he was on faculty at a U.S. institution. Yeah. And I would be very surprised if it was in Colorado where the SGC is. That would be a bit convenient. That narrows it down to 49 other states. So let's see. Getting warmer. (laughs) Uh, college professor yourself so hey uh, dr sumner uh, i am a doctor 
Uh, at Duke University. I'm not going to get it. And you've got one more. So what university do you work with, uh, Dr. Covell? With Covell? Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely am not going to be able to call that one. Okay. You want to um, get a shot? University of Michigan. Okay. Nick was a college professor at University of California, Berkeley. Okay. And he had previously worked with French Stewart, a.k.a. Dr. Covell, at Cornell. At Cornell. Okay. Yep. That was very Man. hard. Our, uh, our uh, difficulty curve just mm-hmm. escalated sharply. There we go. I don't know if I wrote questions that are hard enough for you. Whose fault is that? <laughs> All right. Well, you're, uh, you're going to get a hard one here relatively let's see i'm interested Name in going five... back and watching the the chat on this one sorry yeah proceed name five episodes in which a main character in other words someone who's played by a main cast member was killed was really and truly killed not talking about like in a dream or a main like cast member was killed off uh, a main character, someone played by a main cast member, was killed. Not just bodily injury. Not just injured really bad and then uh, helped out with a sarcophagus, but... That we saw uh, die on screen? died. Oh, boy. And I also want to rule out... One more one more qualifier here. I want to rule <laughs> out uh, those who are presumed to have died off screen. Yeah, yeah like we're... Yeah. Like you were talking to Rainbow the other day. Yeah. And uh, they definitively died and they have to be uh, the cast in the opening credits. You mentioned to Rainbow that Ford might still be out there, right? We saw the hive that he was on explode. Yeah. But this is what this is what Stargate does. It's just one. Yeah, that's sci fi. Yeah. So I came up with more than five. Uh, Wow. Challenge challenges to think of five. But died. But like, okay. so like when we're talking about Daniel. That he died Daniel on died screen, a bit, didn't he? Right. So, d- does more than one of Daniel count? Yes, we're looking for episodes. So, if you can think of multiple episodes, well, let's where just Daniel go down the really cast and truly died. Uh, so, Daniel, uh, I mean, they all died d- d- definitively because their hearts all. St- will you consider the Knox? I didn't say definitively. I didn't say they never come back. Okay. Well, I they all die in the Knox. Really died. They were killed. They were killed real. in the Knox. The Knox is one. That's correct. Yeah. That's the only one where they... I, I'm pretty sure that's the one... The only one where they all die on they screen. They all died. And the Knox brought them back. Okay. Good. Do they have to die in the episode? Or do we see, can we see their bodies? Do you have something in mind? Um, you don't have to see them die on screen, but if there's, they're dead if there's bodies? evidence that the character actually is dead. You can't think of one? Not in a virtual reality. Yep. Not a robot duplicate. Yeah. You can't think of one, really? Atlantis. Season five. The Daedalus Variations. The Daedalus Variations. The Daedalus Variations. Yep, they're all dead. They Who board, died? They board the ship, and the original versions of them all, they all uh-huh. starved to death. Aha, uh-huh. the original Presumably. versions of them. 
an alternate universe version of our characters. But that's not that's not, not the same fair. People. All right. Well, then I won't include that one then. Okay. <laughs> oh, Come on. It's the same. I don't think this is very hard. It's just there's <sighs> there's a there's you got a there's long way a to lot go. Of qualifiers. You got so far. All right. So that's the only one I can think of. I think that that's the only one where Jack died. You can think of the obvious ones. Well, Daniel <clears throat> is Meridian and um, Reckoning 2. Correct and correct. So that's Daniel three. Daniel and truly dies. We presume that uh, because of the way that Meridian plays out, that Daniel actually expires before oh, he, he dies. We, we, hear, we hear the heart monitor. Yeah, we get the flat line. On flat the line. Um, and then we've got Carson Beckett in Sunday. Sunday. He truly died. That's four. See, you're almost there, despite all my qualifiers. Terrell it's really fun. If heroes, you think through the cast members, yeah. um, most of them died yeah. at some point in some story. Tilk died in um, Demons. Did he? Uh-huh. Did Junior keep him alive? Okay, fine. I'll give you another one. Um... <laughs> there's, there's a lot to choose from, actually. Uh, let me let me say this. I'm not going to count the alternate universe versions of characters. No, I can give you another one. Like in Vegas, but I will count uh, averted timelines. I think those are our same characters. Yeah, but that's not... That's... I mean, the, that right there, that that's, that's 2010. Um... I can give you another one if I think about it. Okay. Um, I think I can give you another one. <laughs> I'm looking over my list now, and I'm thinking... Uh, Sam. Some of these are uh, alternate timelines. Not alternate universes. Just alternate timelines. But averted timelines. Yeah, because Sam and Daniel and Fraser and O'Neill all died in 2010. Um, we we watched we watched Carter blow up aboard the Phoenix at the end of um, the Last Man. That's true. That is an averted timeline. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. Are there any others <laughs> that you, you. want to mention? I could keep going, but I mean, people are going to be waiting <laughs> on me. Uh, that was good. There's a lot. There's there, a lot. Of course, in, it's sci-fi. Over 300 episodes. What else did you have? Um, well, Heroes is iffy because Terrell is a quote-unquote main character, but she was not on the main cast. Right. Um, I had my part. Yeah, uh, Daniel in Reckoning Part Two. Uh, yeah. uh, alternate Weir in Before I Sleep. The old yeah, but, weird eyes at the end. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's a prime. That's good. And then here is where our previous conversation on Twin Destinies comes in, because even if you don't count Telford as a main character, um, he was right. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips was was sort of an honorary member. He of the was cast. essentially, yeah, top billing for all uh, one of the top build in all intents and yeah. purposes. So he was but, in all the promotional um, shots. But Rush dies in Twin Destinies. The he does. That's the right. timeline Rush. Isn't dies that interesting? All right. Well, there we go. Maybe folks in the chat have more. But good job. I suspect. Thank you. 
Oh, yeah. Let's pull it up here. All right. David takes a narrow lead. Sweet. Okay. I got to catch up. All right. This one, only you and I will know. <laughs> Unless someone out there has watched all of the Stargate interviews on Gate World. Because it's in there. Oh. Oh, my. Yep. This is a factoid from cast or crew. Cast. Okay. What was David Hewlett's personal nickname for the ancient personal shield generator? What did he tell us they were calling it on set? The turtle brooch. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's in hide and seek in season That's one. That's right. And it comes back. Lucius has one. He does indeed. In Irresponsible. Here I come. Proceed. Oh, very good. Uh, here's an Atlantis question for you. When actress Joe Wagner was unavailable to return to Atlantis as Laren in season five's The Lost Tribe, yeah. we instead got to meet another leader from The Travelers, played by actress Daniela Alonso. What was her character's name? I don't know. Ophelia? I don't know. Flying around the galaxy with Zelenka. Yeah. There's a there's a spin-off in the making there's right a there. Ki- it's a kid. Um We can't do that. No problem. I don't remember her name. No, different character. It's it wasn't the, the, the young engineer. Ah, uh, okay. Uh chat, I'm gonna give you a second. Is Leah it- Butler has the first name Katana. Ah character's name is Katana Labrea. Just rolls off the tongue. Yep. That's it. I think we're caught up. All right. That's hard. That was hard. Yeah. There we go. All right. (sighs) You ready? Ready. We got two left on either either side. Two left. SG-1's original replicators were built on individual blocks each individual block possessing these energy particles. What were they called? These energy particles. Mm-hmm. Give chat a second. <laughs> he knows it me, already. Because <laughs> you're asking me season four questions. Okay. I can tell you exactly where I was sitting. <laughs> where, I was, where I lived and where I was sitting when I watched Small Victories. Uh, replicator box. such and such? Are held together by Kiron particles. Kiron particles. And uh, at least how many pathways, Kiron pathways, are in each block? Bonus question if you can get this exactly mm. right. Bonus uh, if you can get this exactly right. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get it exact. I think it was, uh, I think it was trillions. You think? So let's say uh, uh, over three trillion pathways. Two million. Yeah, I don't know. Two million. Yeah. Two million. Kiron Pathways. That's a lot of pathways. Neutrinos, Nintendos. Oh my god. Uh, the childishness of our of our chat. I love it. And Nintendo's pass through everything. The Nintendos do pass through everything. <laughs> All right. How did that go? I got that one, but I did, didn't get the bonus point. Right. Okay. That was that was a medium question in hindsight. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Question for you. Okay. This one is also a little bit uh, behind the scenes-y. Okay. You have to know a bit about production. 
Okay. Uh, in order to get this one, which episode of Stargate Universe initially carried the working title Lucid? Very often on the show, there'll be a, a working draft title, and then for whatever reason, they'll change it before it goes to air. This one was called Lucid when it was first being written. Is it trial and error? Final answer? It's either that or Cloverdale. It is neither of those. Really? <laughs> What was it? Uh, chat's got it. It's human. That's what Rush's Rush episode, is isn't it? Doing, yeah, That's what Rush right. is doing is he's effectively having a lucid dream. Damn it. He's deliberately yeah. getting back into his own memory to yeah. retrieve some information. I think we need to bring Ian in. Ian's, um, Ian's impressing me here. So, okay. All right. Hold him up. All right. Are we down to the end? You're one ahead. Yeah. Last one. Okay. You ready? There are no prizes in this, by the way. No, just hubris. How many characters has Mike Dopood played on Stargate, excluding uncredited characters? Excluding uncredited characters, mm-hmm. which would be like random Jaffa fodder. Mm-hmm. Um, how many characters? How many characters? Has so you're looking for a played? number. I'm looking for a number. Mike Dopood, of course, we know him and we love him best from Stargate Universe, where he played Varro. So good. The Lucian Alliance. Yeah. The nice Lucian Alliance right. guy. The guy who who uh, developed a crush on TJ in season two. I would argue that um, another one of his characters was equally interesting in only one episode. So other than Varro, he did some, some single so shots. He, on Stargate Atlantis, uh, he played the tracker in Tracker. <laughs> uh, you remember to, his name? I would have to dig for his name. Okay, if you, you don't really need to know it. the name. Uh, and then he was the he was the alien bounty hunter assassin on SG One in Bounty in season ten. I think the answer is three. Is that your final answer? Those are the ones that he's most known for. He's one of those actors who appeared in all three shows. Right. Which there's not he had a another of. speaking part. He had another speaking part where he was credited. I shouldn't have said that. Well, if he was credited, it's more more than likely not a speaking part. Um Yeah, because I remember I want to say when he showed up in season ten that it was a reuse of the actor, that we had seen him before. Mm-hmm. Oh. He was a Russian. <laughs> he got it. He played one of the Russian officers in uh, Full Alert. That's it. Full Alert. What's the name of the episode? Is it Full Alert? Um, Season 8 where Kinsey gets schooled. Correct. I think it's Full Appreciate Alert. It's full Alert. Yeah. 
I always it. forget about that one. I'm glad you helped me out there because I always forget about full alert. I expect I expect the same on on my final question. All right, <laughs> I don't think I can win now unless yours has a. a We're bonus. in this together. So yeah, unless it. We're has in a this bonus together. Question. All right, you're gonna get this. <laughs> um. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I like your qualifier at the end there. Well. <laughs> uh. Uh, over the years on GateWorld, I'm the one who did the episode guide, and so yeah. I'm the one who who has like instant recall of episode titles and episode numbers. So I was watching you were talking with one of the guests a week or two ago, and you're like, "Oh, which that that number was this so and so? I'm not sure which episode that was. Was it around? Uh, it was that was Andy Frizzell because we were talking about uh, uh, 307, 308, and 309. Phantoms ended up being 309." phantoms yeah. yes that was it that was yeah. it it was phantoms and i'm, I'm watching. Watching, watching watching the stream and i'm like oh that's 309 yeah oh god no i i, I don't do the numbers okay so this is an episode title question okay and it is again a multi-part question okay amanda tapping is the only stargate sg1 cast member to appear at least once in every season of stargate atlantis as far as i can think Obviously, she was a main cast member in season four. Name her appearances in seasons one, two, three, and five. Wait, what? Okay, okay, back up, back up. You're saying Christopher Judge was did not appear at least once in every oh season of every single season of Stargate Atlantis of Atlantis. Atlantis. She appeared in every season of Atlantis. Stargate Atlantis was a spin-off television series. Yes, I know that. Thank you. It ran for five years. Oh, for God's sake. On the sci-fi channel. Okay. All right. <laughs> so season one is Letters Amanda's from in every season. She's the only one I can think of. A main cast member who okay. is in every season at least once. She's in Letters from Pegasus. Yes, she is. She is in Grace Under Pressure. Season two. Yes, she is. She is in McKay and Mrs. Miller. Yes, she is. It's the introduction to Kate Hewlett. Yes. She, Jeannie. she first appears in Adrift. She does. And she appears... That's season four. Right. That's... Did you, oh, you didn't want season four. Nope. She's a main cast member in season four. Okay. So you wanted five? I just want the other the other seasons. One, oh, two, well three, then... And, and, and Search and Rescue. I'll wait. Is that your final answer? Well, she appeared in Search and Rescue. She did? Yeah. Yeah, that's my final answer. So the question is, name her appearances in seasons one, two, three, and five. Name all of them. Name all of them. Oh, Enemy at the Gate. Enemy at the Gate. There we go. Okay. Whew. She's in season five twice. Right that's at the beginning right. and right at, at the, the end. end. That's exactly right. Thank you for letting me hang on. Excellent. Very good job. Is there any way that I can tie you? Can you pull uh, a bonus know. one out of your ass? What is my score right now? Okay. You have 10 and I have 9. I have 10? Oh, you must have done more bonuses than me. I did. That's my point. Is there any way you can pull one out of your ass? <laughs> and make it uh, hard. Yeah. Well, I have a I have a bonus question that I skipped or I substituted it for, for oh. something else earlier. Well, then that's fair. But it's not hard. Oh. Can you tweak it to make it hard? Yeah, I'm going to tweak it to make okay, it Okay, then that's, then that's fair. Okay, we were talking about the episode Grace. Yeah. And the Earth vessel Prometheus. Yeah. Uh, Earth's ships had a number of captains over the years. Yes. Uh, who is, part one, who is the captain of Prometheus? 
in Grace. And to make it hard, what's the name of the actor who played him? Oh, God. It's Colonel Ronson. William Ronson. William Ronson. Who the the pre- president just kicks him off his own ship in, in Lost City and gives it to Don. <laughs> I would have been pissed. Wait a second. The Earth is under threat and you want me to go where? You want me to sit this one out? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, the actor's name. I would not have remembered this without looking it up. It's not coming to me. So, I tried. It's uh, John Novak. Ah, that's right. Got nine and a half. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Which for a ten question quiz, hey, that's a solid A. That's not too bad at all. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. I'm coming for you next time. Okay, now I know what kind Jeez. of standards we're talking yeah, about here with exactly. easy, medium, and hard. Yeah, that was okay. Good. We're gonna we're gonna bring it next time. My God, oh God. Um, trying to see if anyone else had any other questions. Do I win the Pegasus plaque on your wall behind you? The Pegasus plaque. I mean, I mean, no. No. Looks <laughs> cooler on your wall, anyway. Well, I mean, we need to. We do need to get you something. So I think I think we can. Um, we can come up with with something. I uh, I appreciate you playing, and thanks. I it was fun. Appreciate you tuning in. We have a long, long way to go with this channel, and yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's 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 off to a great start. Almost five thousand subscribers. No, we're five at five thousand now. We're at five thousand now. Yeah, um, in just five weeks. I'll give I'll give some statistics to people uh, because I did promise to have some analytics. Yeah. I love this dashboard. 5,030 <laughs> subscribers as of today. So the, the, the top video of all time, not a surprise here, is Mr. Joe Flanagan with 35,812 views as of right now. That's amazing. Um, that's just insane. And the next Now you know if anybody can do it, it's gonna be Joe. It's gonna be Joe. The next underneath that was the Stargate SG one live roleplay session at eleven thousand one twenty nine. And then Paul McGillian. That was fun. That was ridiculous. It was absolutely insane. And then Paul McGillian um at six thousand five hundred and eighteen. The the live plays are kind of obvious in my opinion, in some cases, um, in terms of the, the views. What was fascinating to me was the analytics data. Um, 83,500 views so far. 18,000 watch time hours. So a lot of people are are really watching, which I really do appreciate. The audience data has been interesting. When you go to a Stargate convention, you will notice it is predominantly female. On YouTube, that is not the case. Very much not the case. How? What percentage would you say that our audience is male on YouTube for the show? Uh, for Dial the Gate, yeah, I could only guess based on what I see in our analytics for the Gate World channel, yeah. which has actually oh, been that's, flux. That's fair. Uh, uh, we were uh, the male female ratio. The male uh, males were high nineties for a long time, and it's just in the last few months started to come down. Probably because of a lot of these interview clips that you're sharing uh, from Dial the Gate over there that we've been publishing. 
Yeah. You're, you're uh, uh, sharing clips from the show with us over there. Um, so our ratios come down to about 89 to 11 or 88 to 12. 86.7% male. Male. Okay. And I mean, for Joe Flanagan, I would not have expected that. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a great looking man, you know, and he's very talented. Yeah. It's but just I kind of the YouTube audience. That. Yeah. No. At least the kind of sci-fi edge of the YouTube audience. Yeah, exactly. He's very heavily male. The the geographics have have blown my mind. Um, they recently updated. So the the frustrating thing for me is like it showed like the top ten countries, and at least seventy percent were other. I was like other other underneath other the than 10, your top the your top, top 10, ten countries, which are United States at thirty six percent, United Kingdom at eleven, Germany at five. Canada at five, Australia at four, Czechia at three, France at two, Sweden at two, Netherlands at one, and Hungary at 0. 0.9. And then, and then you got other is how much? Uh, other was like 70%, but now at least not in this case now. So, but right there, that was 47, 57, 60. Three, sixty-four, sixty-five, sixty-six, sixty-seven. But still, I mean, that's comfortably thirty-five percent. Like a third is of the missing, audience, yeah. Which I think absolutely extraordinary. You got Romania, you got Finland, you got Poland, and Norway, and Ireland, and Ukraine. I mean, I could go down the list. Yeah. But it's well, just... I mean, Stargate itself was in what one hundred and ninety. Right. Countries. Exactly. Then the viewer age was also interesting. Twenty-five to thirty-four mm-hmm. years old is thirty-six percent of our audience. Eighteen to twenty-four-year-olds make up eight percent. 26% of the audience is 35 to 44, 16% yeah. 45 to 54, 8.5, 55 to 64, and 4.4% are 65 plus. Yeah, that sounds about the same as Gate World's channel. That okay. Those two categories between, what is it, 25 and 45 years, yeah. uh, that's, that's a little over half the audience. Yeah. And then finally, um, I'm interested to see where yours falls on this. Subscribers make up 26%. Of the viewing audience, non-subscribers are seventy-three percent. Good. Now, this is an important metric. Really, it, it shows right how how well you're reaching people other than your subscribers, which is an important part of how you build your subscribers. Um, and also, uh, are the people who sign up, who subscribe to your channel, are they actually engaged? Are they clicking on stuff that you post? So, both of those numbers are are important. And interesting. Not that one of them necessarily always has to be higher than the other. Gate World, I think, typically, what do we see? Um, subscribers are, I think, somewhere around 15%. Really? Okay. 15, 17%. So, yeah. yeah. So 26%. Uh, those who are not subscribed to the channel are, are usually in the mid to high 80s, I think, hmm. for views on any given video. I didn't expect that. Actually, I don't know what I expected, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, this has been interesting. There's a whole mad science to YouTube. Oh, yeah. And to the analytics of it all. I tried to educate myself as best I could, but there's only so much you can do at the end of the day. You just got to do your work and put it out. (laughs) And I've I've subscribed to channels before, and as you do, and I've watched the behavior of the speaker and the author of the channels evolve. And it's clear that they're watching the analytics 
and generating more of what people click on more and more. So you kind of get this spiral. And frequently, it's rage content in a lot of the stuff that I've been seeing. I watch a lot of Midnight's Edge. I don't know if you're aware of them. They're kind of like sci-fi industry. Got their 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 thumb on the um, their pulse on on the sci-fi community. And another one that I watched a long time was Nerdrotic um, for a long time, and just got really angry. And I was like, mm. I don't. This is not really. It's just interesting to watch how analytics yeah. affect. For people. some channels out there, I think the the anger and the angst is. A genuine that's what people want to express it's genuine on their channel. but it's clickable but yeah it's for a lot of it it's uh, people recognize that that's the stuff that people click on yeah. whether it's intensely positive or intensely negative mm-hmm. ideas and emotions that yeah. and if you're counting that on stuff that drives clicks it does and if you're if you're needing your channel for you know financial purposes if you're counting on your channel for monetization oof, and that is nowhere that i want to go with this thing thank god yeah so. Absolutely. Yeah, it takes some channels down kind of a dark hole when when suddenly their their channels revenue, which, you know, if you've got enough that you quit your full time job and do this mm-hmm. for work now, suddenly your your income is tied to your mm-hmm. your ability to, to, to shock and outrage people. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an interesting situation for sure. And congratulations on 50,000 subscribers. Thank you. You started 2018? We, you know what? We opened the YouTube channel officially 2008 or nine. And we just didn't do anything. Uh, Okay. So you started creating content in earnest. We weren't creating content uh, until 2018. So yeah, Adam Barnard and I started making videos um, uh, two and a half years ago. So we started, we were right around, I think, 900 subscribers just over the course of like nine years of gate world just existing mm. and not, not really posting anything. So yeah, it's really been two and a half years of, of growth. It's good stuff. And we've got we're a long super way excited. to go. We're going to do more. Well, I mean, I just if, need time. Yeah, People are looking for, for more videos on our channel. Yeah. I just need time and volunteers, right? Just like folks volunteer at dial the gate. If anybody wants to do anything to help out at gate world, we're always looking for folks to sort of, you know, fill in the, the gaps and, and help us. Do I've, the kind of stuff that that we want to do and that you want to do. No, at the 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 rallying of of fans around the projects. I mean, Summer, Ian, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, my moderators have been fantastic. Gate Gabber Linda, um, she's kind of turned into my right hand man. Really, she's she's just exceptional and on it. And then I have uh, Jennifer Kirby. Um, who is uh, another production assistant who is uh, creating some social media content. There's a long way to go, though, for sure. And you don't want to go too fast because when the audience is still small, you, know, you want you want a lot of the, the more interesting ideas. To, I, at least I do. I don't want to just throw it all out there for a, for a really micro group and then have it buried in content when, you know, a couple years, three years down the line, we're at like 30,000 subscribers or something like that. At least that's what I hope. But, yeah. It's a game, though, of cat and mouse. It's like, when do when should I release this idea? And when should I hang on to it, you know? And Melinda Snodgrass always talked about, don't hoard your silver bullet. Um, she wrote Measure of a Man and, and uh, TNG. But it's it's been an interesting process to go through this. And I'm really grateful to have that, that you have my back. Oh, yeah. You do have my back, right? Oh, yeah. I got your back. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, God. 
I, I whatever think, you need. I, I I don't think that there's any briefing room news. I think that we're basically in the same spot that we were in a month ago, um, regarding the the franchise. The Dean Devlin interview, man, oh man, yeah, what I, he gave far more information than I thought he would. Mayan Stargate. Chevron 8 and 9 went to different unique addresses. You did a great job pulling a lot of that out of him. He because, you know, I've seen, I've seen interviews with him all over the place for the last 20 years. But usually the person who's interviewing him doesn't doesn't kind of know the minutia of Stargate and kind of, you know, be able to pry out something as specific as, yeah, the Stargate has more than seven Chevrons. Was there a plan for that? Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to waste, you know, sharing, divulging that knowledge on someone who... Either didn't know or didn't care. Um, but that was a fascinating discussion. And I'd love to have him back. And, you know, Roland's, yeah. Roland has promised to, to do the show uh, next year. So there's yeah. a lot to get to. And there are a lot of people to talk to. And I've been watching the comments and seeing a number of people, uh, at, at the very least, comment and say that in many cases, the behind-the-scenes talent they're more interested in watching those interviews than they are. Not that they don't enjoy the actors, but they're, they're more interested in watching those because a lot of those stories just haven't been told. Um, the Rob Cooper one was another one that was just absolutely fascinating. You know, Rob had all this information and was more than willing to go into all the details. His conversation talking about unspeakable was fantastic. And I had not yeah. seen the program and I went and watched it and I watched all eight episodes in one oh, night, in one night. And uh, Michael Shanks is a tour de force. You need to see it. I'm sure he is. Yeah. Yeah. And Lexa's in it. Everybody's in it. You know, pretty much, mm-hmm. pretty much everyone. Uh, there's like 50 Stargate cast. So totally recommend that. I think yeah, I talked talks... a little bit to Micah, Michael and Lexa when we did our uh, interview with them at GateCon two years ago. So we have it on YouTube right now on the GateWorld channel. We've got an interview with Michael and Lexa, which was shot about the time where they... Unspeakable had not come out yet. They had filmed it and they hadn't started the press junket, but they were, I think they were doing ADR at the time mm. uh, to kind of polish up the performance. So they talk about Unspeakable in that interview. I didn't realize that it had already been shot at that point. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Tiber Septum, I have a hard question for both of you. So we're going to have to, I don't have an answer here, so we're going to have to wait around unless you and I can come up with it. Okay. Um, wait around until the chat catches up. What are McKay and Eli arguing about in the hallway in Seizure in Stargate Universe? What are they arguing about? I remember them arguing, but I don't remember what it was. Do you remember what it is? I don't remember. Hmm. I guess we're waiting for Tiber to answer it. That's a toughie. I hope Tiber's still on. You gotta tell us. <laughs> I don't remember what they were, what they are arguing about. But anyway, we'll find out in a second here, my friend. Yep. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank back. you. Thank you for having me. I told you uh, uh, online the other day that I will be your Andy Richter whenever you want. <laughs> I will just come sit on the couch and just we'll do trivia. We'll talk about how the show's going. This is a nice little, right? The show is the interviews with the talent, but this is a nice little, it's a, a good little break. Yeah. A taking breather. the temperature every, every, you know, kinda, yeah. dozen and a half episodes. Yeah. 
but you're doing great work. Keep it up. Thank you. I do. We got cool it. people coming up. Who's coming up? Who's Who been is coming up? announced so far. And I'll announce a couple more. Next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, uh, I guess this week, Saturday the 14th, Sue Ann Braun, Miss Hathor herself. Hathor herself. Hathor herself. Yeah. Uh, and then at 3 p.m. from the Pegasus Galaxy, Mr. Rainbow Sun Franks will be joining us. Very good. And I have fixed the awesome. YouTube the YouTube times. So I have to I have to mark them Arizona time because it says local time. The, the YouTube, the back end, it doesn't really give you a very good idea of, of how that works. You can't just change the time zone, which drives me mm-hmm. nuts. There's there's a way to do it, I'm sure, but it's not obvious. It's not just right there. So, yeah, Sue Ann will be at 1 p.m. Saturday. Rainbow will be at 3 p.m. Saturday. Then, the 21st of November, I am actually going to be in Florida uh, for that week for Thanksgiving. I will be back the 28th, but we will have shows planned for thee at 1 p.m. It is an archive interview. I'm so grateful that I have this. I'm so thankful that I have this. Yes. It is 10 years old. Do you want to say who it's from, who it's with? Well, I know we have uh, a, a set of interviews that we, they're in the category of lost interviews that yeah, those we never got for, around yeah. to publishing. Uh, is this what you're talking about, the set from TimeGate? Yes, TimeGate 2010. Uh, one of them is Carmen Argenziano. Carmen Argenziano. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had an hour with him, and we, we will be interviewing Carmen for the show. We will have that sounds strange. We will we will have that pre recorded interview of Carmen for the yeah, week of never, Thanksgiving. Never before seen interview. Carmen played Jacob Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away last year, 2019, yeah. I want to say it was early 2019. Yeah. Uh, never before seen unless you were in the room at Timegate. Yes, unless you were in the room there. Diana Botsford and, yeah. and I were a couple of the invites for Stargate, as well as Carmen. And one of the. Um, the caveats of attending the convention was, uh, I need I need an hour with Carmen. So uh, yeah. it was fantastic. Because you were super jealous of me because I had gotten to interview. That's him exactly the, right. It was, Chicago, and I mentioned at the, that at the, the beginning. Creation convention. Yeah, and I think Denise uh, interviewed him as well, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's right. I think we published a text interview. That's right. If I'm not mistaken. So his archive interview is going to be at 1 p.m. That's going to be a treat. Yeah. Dial the gate. Carmen Argenziano is going to be on Dial the Gate. Never before seen interview. Yeah. That's going to be a real Stargate fans. At 3 p.m. on the 21st. Uh, this is still a tentative time. I may move it up. Because uh, uh, Carmen's is only an hour long. Uh, the 3 p.m. currently, Joseph Malazzi is back for his second episode. Nice. And we are going Very to be good. talking about season four. Potentially a little bit of season five of SG-1. Okay. We're now beginning to move through the content. So, we're so you to... talked with Joe in, in week one, or at least week one of the, the full time right. interviews. Right, yeah, December 10th, or uh, and October 10th. Yeah, you did kind of a big picture with Joe and with right. some of his early career stuff. Right, so now you're officially going to kind of get into his episodes That's and talk it. through season by season? That's the intent. Yeah, so the intent is to go through season by season. Um, the, but the other thing about that first uh or second episode with him is going to be I want him to take us through the entire writing process for one episode from beginning to end there's like 10 steps and he sent them to me already 
and we're going to go yeah. cover them step by step. That's one of the things that That'll I think. That'll be fun. Yeah. After the introductory interview, then the next interview with all these people is to find out what their process is for whatever it is that they worked on. Um, we did that for Neil Acri. Uh, he, he took us through the list of steps for creating the soundtrack for a typical Stargate episode. And Joe will do that in episode two of, of his batch. So, cool. which should be episode 21 at that point, man. I'm really glad I put an extra zero in front of the, uh, the episode because <laughs> oh, yeah. we're going to hit 100 before you know it. So, yeah, you're flying through these. By the time we get to the end of the year, I don't know where we're going to be at. Well, I'm having fun. Like I said, it's like a full season of television. It is in many cases. I'm having a good time with this. You know, the four shows a weekend is a butt kicker. I can do them every once in a while. Yeah. So as long as the audience is showing up for them, and they're, they're, they clearly are. I mean, we've still got 80, 91 concurrent viewers watching us yap. We started off with yeah. 150. So I, I consider that a what win. Was the, what was the record the, the, during the live stream, the live live? Of, of tonight? Uh, no, of of the last month. Oh, and Joe a half. Flanagan. Joe Flanagan had the most simultaneous. Three hundred and fifty simultaneous viewers. Wow. Yeah, I can't trust the count because when I leave and then I come back in, um, it uh, it it adds them. It adds it adds a person. So like that's not fair. <laughs> right. So it says I'll get done. And it said you had a thousand views, and I'll go and check, and I had five hundred. It's like because people logged out and logged back in the same person. So yeah, but yeah, that's all I've got. Um. Uh, we've we've got a couple of more announcements coming for the rest of the month, but I will I will keep those in my back pocket. But that's it. So Sue Ann Rainbow next week, and then Archive Carmen and Joe Malazzi. Uh, I'm actually taping Joe on Tuesday. That's going to be on the 21st. I need to get a haircut so, for consistency. But yeah, do you think I should cut this or should I keep it the way it is? Uh, I. I, I don't know, man. All right. <laughs> yeah, go get a haircut. All right. There we go. I'll go get a haircut. I don't know. We're heading into the winter. I'm not going to make we anybody get a indeed. haircut in the wintertime. Just watch the scene from Seizure. They are arguing about boundary conditions for an equation we know nothing else about. Mm. Yeah. So there we go. There's the Sounds answer. Specific. Ian, have you thought about hosting a writer's room? They write a new episode of Stargate, sort of like what you did on What We Left Behind. Uh for a DS9 uh, group discussions. I don't know about a new Stargate episode, uh, considering that stu- Stargate episodes, they're trying to develop new Stargate. That may be a little bit further down the line, but we talked about with uh, Martin Wood. I do want to have a director's room. So the director's round table to have them, all yeah. the directors of Stargate come back or any of the ones who, who want to, that's going to be, huge and i don't know how i would i would love to see you put two fairly random people on a stream together and just have them go at each other like a a peter deloise and a ben browder just put them in a room together like steel cage death match (laughs) ask them a couple of questions and then just step back oh god (laughs) what was it mad max 3 thunderdome beyond thunderdome yeah that would be highly entertaining god that's funny Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Darren, thank you so much for logging in. Um, you okay? All right, yanked my headphones out of my oh, speaker. Oh, no. Your headphones want to go, and we need to free. go as well. My friend, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll, we'll have you on, I'm sure, you know, in December to announce another round of trivia. I'd love to have three. I'd love to have another person join in, so... I'm going to have to, uh, if, if Ian's game, I, th- I think I'd like to have him in. Um, 
but yeah, this this was this was terrific. Uh, Gary Jones has also uh, agreed. Oh, that's one of the things we didn't uh, mention. He's also doing fan interviews for Dial the Gate. So, and I talked with Gary yesterday. I texted him, and he's like, "When are we doing this?" So we just need to figure out a time to sit down and organize uh, for five or six uh, groups of fans to meet us all on Zoom at the same time, and then we'll hammer awesome. a few of these out. Yeah, yeah. You guys announced that in your your conversation with we Gary. did. And that's we really exciting about it. Yeah, we're like three weeks in, and Dial the Gate is getting its first spinoff. I know. Yeah, it's kind of a subcategory. So, my friend, thank you for joining. And uh, we'll have you back on real soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks, brother. Yeah. You take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye. Darren Sumner, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. But you know what's coming next before we go. And that's the wrong button. If you like what you've seen in this episode, I would appreciate if you click the like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click that subscribe icon. If you plan to watch live, I recommend giving the bell icon a click so you'll be the first to know of any schedule changes, which will probably happen all the time. Hasn't happened as much as I thought it would, but still, it can happen. And bear in mind, clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. Thank you so much once again for joining us. Uh, thanks to uh, my moderators, Summer, Ian, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy. Uh, thank you to GateGabber, Linda, and uh, to Jen, Kirby, my team. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to see the show succeeding already week five with 5,000 subscribers. So I cannot thank you all enough for the, the honor and pleasure to continue to present this content to you. Thank you also to, um, Kevin. <laughs> it took me a minute, buddy, to Kevin for producing this wonderful Atlantis model for the show. Uh, we're, I've got a, uh, lazy Susan for it to go under. So when it goes up behind me, it's going to be spinning, make it spin. My name is David Reed. Thanks so much for watching Dial of the Gate. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. <laughs>